in a world, the year 1996. Cody. The future is now! Soon every American home will integrate their television, phone, and computer. You'll be able to visit the Louvre on one channel or watch female wrestling on another. You can do your shopping at home or play Mortal Kombat with a friend from Vietnam. There's no end to the possibilities! And there's no end to this podcast as we continue Guilty Pleasure Month with The Cable Guy! Well, yeah, back then, but now everyone does not have gay pride. No, no, no. It, but, <laughs> but, I mean, it is crazy. Just that one quote alone uh, really did set the tone, like, for the future of what happens. Because I have played Mortal Kombat with a friend, not from Vietnam, but I think he was Canadian. Hello, everyone. This is Bri the Movie Guy, along with co-host Cody Wilfong. Uh, we wanted Joey with us today, but we're going to call him out on the air by saying, Joey, you're fired. Just kidding, buddy. You can come on anytime. Um, yes, yes, we are continuing Guilty Pleasure Month with uh, the Jim Carrey-led film, The Cable Guy. It was my choice. And I have a very interesting take on it now, because I won't lie to you, it's been a good, like... I want to say five or six years since I watched this before today, before uh, getting ready for the podcast today. And the what-if aspect I thought of while watching it is, what if this was more of a psychological thriller slash horror film instead of a dark comedy? Jesus Christ. Well, there there are some interesting things I found out through the research, and we will talk about that in 70% facts. Um... But first, as always, Cody, we are jumping into the DeLorean, we're gunning it to 88, and we are going back to June 14th, 1996, when this movie was released. It was directed by Ben Stiller, starring Jim Carrey, Matthew Broderick, Leslie Mann, and Jack Black, who, I love telling the story of Jack Black. Jack Black directed this? No, 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 he was, co- he was in it. yeah, Ben Stiller directed this. And Ben Stiller makes that very Stiller. small, yeah. It's... yeah. And it fits his M.O. of, like, awkward humor and dark comedy. Like, it's... As a dark comedy, it's very... Well, it's very interesting, but it's very... De- de- uh, what is it? Divisive? Decipher- divisive? Yeah. Is I'm saying that right? Okay. But anyway, yeah, it uh, starred them. Uh, Jack Black, who was born under the most epic of circumstances, as people know. His mom literally helped the Apollo 13 mission come home. After giving birth to him. But anyway, I don't know why. I just, I think that's like the best fun fact about Jack Black. And I always tell it when Jack Black comes to a conversation. Even though I'm pretty sure everyone knows it now. Well, if they do, it's because of this podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, it had a budget of $47 million and made a little more than only $19 million With a U.S. gross of $60 million and just over $102 million worldwide. Which, at this time in Jim Carrey's career, that was very unheard of, of having a movie this low. Like, his best movies made that, like, opening weekend. Um, the top ten box office that weekend, though, was, number one, still The Cable Guy. It did premiere number one. Um, number two was The Rock, with Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery, um, Mission Impossible, the very first Mission Impossible, um, Twister, 
Dragonheart, Eddie, The Phantom, um, Spy Hard, The Arrival, and something called Mall Flanders. Mole Fran- Flanders? I've never heard of it. I should probably look it up at some point in my life. Not today. But, you know, at some mall? point. Toll, mole? Mole? M-O-L-L, and then Flanders, like Ned Flanders. And, um, I thought a little fun fact, uh, fun thing to put in here when we're jumping into DeLorean. Some of the big, uh, songs that were out, um, for instance... And Morgan Freeman in that movie, that's probably why. Oh, okay. But I, I would know that. I'll, I'll look it up later. I'll look it up. But some songs that were out during this time, time Cody. Number one in the, on the charts was California Love by Tupac. Love that song. Uh, some of the other well-known songs that were on the top 100, though, was The Macarena by Los Del Rio. Uh, Give Me One Reason by Tracy Chapman, which that is a vibe. That song's a vibe. And uh, Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey. <laughs> she hasn't done much lately. I mean, dude, I did, did you ever, have you ever Googled um, royalties? No. Um, I Googled that one time, and holy shit. The yeah. royalties <laughs> for that is, it, like, she she makes bank. She gets probably like. What is the song called? All I want for Christmas is you. That's her like big December like. As soon as Thanksgiving's over, you're hearing that song. Oh God! Ow! 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 1. I hit 5 my five million. One point five million in royalties. Sony with two point nine million. There so you she go. literally has to do nothing all year. She can do nothing all year, but I, I she doesn't seem the, like the type who only spends a million bucks a year. What? So I, I mean, she does do. What does she have like a fucking OnlyFans or something? Oh God, dude, no, 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 no. <laughs> What is she doing? She, she's still con. She's in concert. She does concerts. She just tours. People would get tired of the same old single. Well, you know what? They like Beyonce, but here we are. I'm kidding. Beyonce's, you know, Beyonce. We won't get into that. But anyway, um, I think we should get into Tracy Chapman one time. We should make a podcast about music sometime. We can put Spencer on that with us. I miss that guy. We should put Spencer on this podcast. Spencer Rowland. He doesn't even probably listen to this. What? Wow. He he probably does not know we have a podcast. My heart is broken. Anyway, um, on the critics' side of things for this movie, though, 55% Rotten Tomato score with a 51% audience score, something you don't really hear about often. Um, it has a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, a Metacritic score of 56%, a 3.0 out of 5 on Letterboxd, which, as we've determined, is pretty good guilty pleasure area, and that's like a, a decent guilty pleasure movie area. But interesting enough, Google always has, like, the most interesting things. And I'm going to read a review. I only brought up one review because it's nuts. And it, I feel like it, it shares the same energy of this movie. But, um... So, before we go any farther, on yeah. Google, when you look at the cast, Ben Stiller is the second one in the lineup, even though he has that small... <laughs> <laughs> he's He's the Sam Sweet. <laughs> Brother, now, sweet. Direct, oh no! Has he directed anything since then? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um. So Google has a rating 
of 4.2 out of 5. But there was one review that caught my eye when I was scrolling through. This is this this review was in all caps, so I wrote it down in all caps. I won't scream it, but this is what it says. This movie has James Carey in this scary, stupid, rude, selfish, sad movie James that is Carey. Yeah. <laughs> this is must not see. Please do not watch this movie, ladies and gentlemen. So if you watch this movie, then watch something funny, like a funny movie like Jumanji with the Dwayne the Rock Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, and the rest of the cast. Jumanji is a funny, heartwarming, sad, silly movie. Anyways, do not the cable guy with Jim Carrey. This movie is very, 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 very scary. I don't know what am I talking about. I haven't seen it. I heard the movie was very, 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 very scary by my best Jojo Anna Lopez. It's not scary. There's, like, one scary part, but, like, I almost just had an aneurysm reading that. That guy, obviously, <laughs> he says he hasn't seen it, but but the movies he's comparing are a decade apart. They're, they're more than a decade at this point. <laughs> they're, like, two decades apart. Like, oh, my, like, it was the most, and I felt like that energy and the, just everything about that review sums up my feelings of, on the rewatch of this. And it, it is my, it is my rewatch, but, you know, it's not a bad movie. It just, it didn't. It's Jim Carrey being over the top. It's Jim Carrey being over the top, but there's like, I, we'll get into it when we go, go through the review, but, um. Yeah, I just, that was the only review I wrote down because I was like, this is it. This is the review that explains it. But, you know, if there was ever a reason to know why this movie is a guilty pleasure, it's because of nonsense. It's literally every Jim Carrey movie in the 90s. Exactly. I mean, it, it, we'll get into it. But, um, we are going into 70% facts because, let's face it, these facts are right all the time. Um, the scene at Medieval Times where the cable guy asks for Stephen's chicken skin and then performs his the Silence of the Lambs impression was all improvised. During one take, Jim Carrey asked for the chicken skin out of nowhere. After doing the Silence of the Lambs bit, director Ben Stiller loved it and wanted to keep it in the film, even though it wasn't in the script. Uh, improvisation, improvisation. Charles Nap Naper, who played the arresting officer in this film... When um, Steven gets busted for the stereo equipment. He's also one of the arresting officers and that was killed by Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. But also, on top of that, Diane Baker, who played Steven's mom in this, was also in Silence of the Lambs as the governor or mayor or something. It's been a while since I've watched it. But yeah, like so you have two you have a Silence of the Lambs reference while having two people very featured in Silence of the Lambs that in different parts of the film in this film. Um leading into the why I was thinking like man, this would be a really interesting horror film. But anyway, or thriller. It doesn't have to be like straight up horror Jason Voorhees Michael Myers shit, but you know, maybe like something like The Fan, not like the one with Ben Stiller or but Robert De Niro and uh Wesley Snipes, but, you know, it's in that topic, neighborhood. But did Ben Stiller's dad die? Yeah, Jerry Stiller. When, when was that? That was a few years ago. Because I remember him off King of Queens. Yes, yes. I don't remember him off of anything else. 
not off Zoolander. Maury Baldstein, Baldstein no, I, you models. Know, I faintly remember. I, it's been I don't long. know how I remembered that so well. I don't. I, I've only watched Zoolander once. Yeah, right. And I, then TikTok had that giant thing where Owen Wilson's character and Ben Stiller's character. I'm not your bro, bro. bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie so much. But anyway, um, oh crap, my my computer froze and jumped on me. Oh no, we're in seventy percent facts though, as you know. Do, 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 do. Anyway, okay, here we go. While filming the scene in which the cable guy plays basketball, it becomes obvious that Jim Carrey could barely dribble a basketball, never mind make a basket. Ben Stiller had Carrey mime the action without a ball, and visual effects added the basketball in post-production. And you know what? I never noticed. I have never noticed a day in my life that better that ball Better visual just... effects than Fast and Furious. Better visual effects than half the Avengers movies in <laughs> these days. Uh, <laughs> uh, definitely better than Black Panther 2, am I right? I'm just saying, like, you, put the money in it, and also give the give the visual give the people what they want. Give the people what they want, and give the visual effects team some time. You know who got rushed? The makers of Cats. All you know, all <laughs> the people in Marvel feel like they're being rushed. You exactly. Know, someone just got fired from Marvel. The uh, the one visual effects director. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, when uh, which I don't think is fair. If in hindsight, thinking about it. If she's being rushed. No, like Black Panther, like the Black Panther isn't the only movie like suffering from the visual effects in that series. Thor. Like, what Thor? Very much so. Like the whole like floating head child thing was ridiculous. I don't goats. use that word lightly, man. I don't use that word. The, the goats should have been X'd out of that movie. The goats were good for like a scene and a half, and then I was just like, oh, this is gonna be a thing, isn't it? <laughs> This is just going to continue. Anyway, we're getting off topic. We're ge- we're just everywhere. Okay, I've decided we're going to have a Marvel episode soon. All of the Marvel movies. We're just gonna we're going to do before the snap and after the snap. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get it out of our system because we we have to have the conversation. When, when is this movie? This is going to be next month. We can do. We can have it at some point next month because next month. We, or what? How, June is going to be the Tarantino yeah, it month. Is the last guilty pleasure. Next week. Well, we could make it a guilty pleasure. Marvel? Because some of the movies aren't good, but they're guilty pleasures. Like Hulk. Hmm. I guess, but they're like so popular, I can't really put them in that guilty pleasure. So aren't Fast and Furious, but they're all guilty pleasures. Fast Five, especially. Anyway, uh, um, I love Fast Five. Anyway, uh, so, as I was saying, when Jim Carrey was negotiating... Tokyo Drift. I'm just not a fan. It just doesn't feel right in the series to me. It just, it just, I you don't know, know. To be honest, it's I like would... that episode of Stranger Things where they're like, let's follow Eleven around in the middle of like fucking chaos. <laughs> That's how it feels to me. Like, uh, let's know... just follow these people in Japan and like this guy who he got a southern accent and talks like this. When that movie came out, my name's out, Kush. Yeah, when that movie came out, I was kind of conf- well. One, I was very young. I was very young too, and I was like, "Where the fuck is yeah. Brian?" You go from or first, Ryan, you or go whatever. from the first one having Vin Con- oh, and Connor. Paul Walker. Yeah. The second one, ex Vin Diesel out of that, so you're like, "Okay, we still have Paul Walker." And then the third one, I thought we were just going to go from Miami to uh, L.A. Yeah, like that's the, all I thought was going to happen. And then the third one, two or what was it, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift? Yeah. 
No one's in it. No so one's you're like, in it. And then, like, Vin Diesel pops up at the end like, yo, we have yeah. a million now. You know, he doesn't Han, even say anything. I used to ride with Han. He just goes like Han's this. My boy. He just does the head nod. Familiar. You know this ain't no 10 second ride. <laughs> I got nothing but time. I got nothing but time. Anyway, we keep getting <laughs> off track here. When Jim Carrey was negotiating his $20 million salary for this film, he insisted that his attorney and two managers all wear Ace Ventura dressing gowns so as not to lose their sense of perspective. On that note, Ma- Matthew Broderick was only paid $2 million for this movie. He so is he, he is arguably in the movie underpaid. longer than uh, Jim Carrey is, and gets paid eighteen million, million less than Jim Carrey, because all because of the star power he had. So that's why, again, it was shocking that one audience didn't like this movie very much, as you now know, and two critics didn't like this movie as much. No, all right. Now, although we... Gene Siskel did say that this was his best character since the mask and i don't i rewatched the mask and i have not i don't have the same love for that movie as i used to so is jim carrey do you think jim carrey's changed as a person from then to now for sure but then at the same time i feel like he's always been this this version of himself that people are more seeing now but he like I don't know, because you've always heard of him method acting. Like, there's a documentary about him method acting, but there's, like, there's always been this deeper side to him, it seems like. I don't know. But how can you end your career on Sonic 2? I don't... This, I hate that movie so this fucking This first much. one was okay. Decent. I love the first one. I'm this, not gonna lie. I love the first The second one was just, like, let's amp up everything to a kid level it's 10. Very, it's very hard to have a good sequel... A lot of movies can't do it. It, it. it it was that whole, like, bar scene that did it for me, and then the wedding scene just felt so forced. But if you ask any kid... Oh, they love it. Yeah. That my, I, Colors. I, I am <laughs> so grateful for Puss in Boots. <laughs> so grateful well, for it. It seems like uh, DreamWorks, they can't miss. They can't, man. They can't. You got Shrek coming out of there. I'm... Still, the inner child in me is hoping that there's another Shrek coming up. That you never know, man. It could be around the corner. Uh, but anyway. Matthew, is it not Matthew Broderick? Michael Myers needs another movie. Oh, God. They need to just erase that last film. Anyway, some of the Cable Guy's <laughs> predictions about the future came, came, came true. Like having the internet, phone, and television through cable, as well as the ability to play video games online. That's still a thing. Yeah, I know, but it's still the fact that he came... It, like, that wasn't a thing back in 1990. You give a plug to Spectrum. Spectrum. No, they're we're not pretty, They're them. pretty cheap. I, I, yeah, okay. <laughs> but, uh, sure. But anyway, jeez, uh, Morty, you really put me you, you put me in a pickle here. I just... I don't know what to do. I turned um, myself into a pickle. I put myself in a pickle, Rick. Scrub a little dub dub. Anyway, we um, can't get into Pick or Rick and Morty. There's a lot of shit going on. Let me tell this. you. Let me tell you. Ben Stiller shot many scenes in the film Morty. Okay, that dealt with the. Okay, I'm gonna stop now. I'm sorry. You sound just like. Thank you, thank you. That's probably like my best impression I can do now. Cheese, um, Rick. Uh, ben Is it St- easier than the Macho Man. Oh yeah, it's far less on the on the vocals. <laughs> Far less on the vocals. Anyway, uh, Ben Stiller shot many scenes in the film that dealt with the more extreme aspects of the cable guy's performance twice. Once with a mild, more comedic slant, 
and once with a darker, more violent, angrier one. So see, knowing that information now, I was like, oh yeah, this is a great what if. Because we <laughs> almost could have had it. Because as I was watching this, I couldn't help but to think of like, interesting enough, play Misty for me, which is actually seen in the very, in like the little flashback when he's a kid, you see him watching that movie. But it's about an obsessive fan who stalks her, uh, the guy, uh, the the person she's a fan of and you know it's it's uh, it was fatal attraction before fatal attraction essentially do you think jim carrey is capable of bringing out a good horror film i don't know but there's going to be interesting because he did I 23 have, but that was a, a that movie, shit movie sucked dick I'm sorry, but I, I just, oh my god, I, I remember watching that, and I was so excited for it, but before I watched that movie, I noticed there was a lot of things in my life that added up to the number 23, and it got me really paranoid, like, <laughs> oh my god, is there, I need to see this movie, I felt I had to see this, you know how old I was when that movie came out, I was a child. What was the cast for that movie? Oh, it was great. It was Jim Carrey, Virginia Madison, the guy from uh, American Horror Story who was, who was the, the Axe Man. I don't... Uh, oh, Joel Schumacher. So, if... All right. Ow, my this is, this is off topic here, but the guy who... Is di- anything off topic at this <laughs> point? <laughs> the, the guy who directed um, Split. Oh, M. Night Shyamalan. Do you think if he directed 23, it would be better? Oh, for sure. He would have rewritten that. He would have, like... I, I think the twist... I... I think there should have been a better twist than there was that he was just like he lost his memory like there was something like psychological and like spooky about like it made it seem like there was like a demonicness about the number 23 and that's what scared me about it like oh my god am I bound for hell like and I don't even like believe that stuff really that much anymore but anyway that's not the point um but uh like, I just thought, like, oh my god, the number 23 in me, because growing up, my school bus number, 23. My last name starts with the W, which is the 23 letter in the alphabet. My full name has uh, 23 letters in it. So you were probably freaking I out. was freaking out. My birthday, even. Like, I wrote down my birthday, and, like, not, like, the full date, but, like, the two-month, two-day, mm-hmm. yeah. And it would it added up to 23, so I was like, okay, I gotta see this movie. And it was shit. <laughs> yeah, I... Well, I was I so disappointed. Through it. I just remember him writing 23 all over the walls. And 23, just... like, he, he became so obsessed with it. And it, because... I, there is a kind of a thing with, like, numerology. Like, you're... I'm drawn to weird numbers. Like, I've... Like, well, no, like, 2333... Like, and I think that's, like, why I like Larry Bird and Patrick Ewing and, What's like, uh, James Laurinaitis. What? What's your favorite number? I don't know. Like, when I, whenever I do Madden and I create myself, I'm usually a QB and I always go with the uh, number five or nine. You know what my favorite number is? Huh. It has nothing to do with this but 22. Well, Lottie fucking die. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's actually really interesting. That says a lot about you. That's why my Instagram name is COVIDCowboy22. Oh, is that? <laughs> Everybody give him a follow, COVID Cowboy 22. It's and also don't forget. because I had COVID. <laughs> and uh, you can always follow us in a world film podcast on Instagram. And I think that's on on Twitter. We might be under Bry the Movie Guy because mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, I didn't I don't have, have Twitter, anything. So I don't know. 
I follow someone with your name, man. So you might get want to look I, into that. I got hacked last year, so. Oh, that explains a lot. Anyway, we won't get into that right now. During the scene when the cable guy is beating Robin's date, Owen Wilson can be seen breaking character and laughing, as I showed you earlier. <laughs> That's one of those scenes. That was one of my uh, favorite scenes in this, but... Uh... We're going to keep going because we'll get to that in the uh, rewatch when we get into the recasting. You know, I don't remember watching too much of Matthew Broderick over the years. He did I know he's Ferris, Ferris Bueller. He was Ferris Bueller, and his career was mostly like him trying to escape the Ferris Bueller image. So he was typecasted almost. He, he was, they tried to ta- uh, They tried to typecast him. I think he was up for the role of Alex P. Keaton, even, from, um, what was that show? It had Michael J. Fox in it. Family? Right. It wasn't Family Ties, was it? When did he get Parkinson's? Dude, that was a that was like way later in his career. Like uh, he, so I think was he was in in doing the Frighteners. No, this was the nineties when he when he started like showing, and I think he was diagnosed. Or late eighties. It was after there was Back no to the Future. For that? No, man, it's a serious thing. That's so why he, he goes around and tries that? to. Yeah, man. That's why he's trying to like raise awareness, so there's like more research and stuff, so people was... don't have to. Something to help the trimmers. Probably marijuana, but like all the fucking boomers. Anyway, we won't get into that. It's changing uh, <laughs> now. It's changing. <laughs> During the scene where the cable... Oh, wait. Uh, we already read that. Leslie Mann, Robin, read with producer Judd Apatow for her audition. Apatow read Jaden Carey's parts. And Leslie Mann and Judd Apatow had been married since 1997. And she is in every one of his movies. Uh, That's just like and they have their kids, Iris and who? What's the uh, Maud? I can't remember which one's on Euphoria, but the one on Euphoria is excellent. She's an amazing actress. Kathy Griffin's in this. Kathy Griffin is in it. She's part. Like I said, man, we'll get into it because I asked you. Is her career in a coffin now? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she said some. She did some things that you just don't do. Like you know. Despite your views, you just don't do that. Anyway, um, we're not getting into politics, Cody. <laughs> we won't. Uh, when Steven is being stalked by Chip through the parking garage, Chip is heard imitating the famous... Who was Tom Hanks in this movie? Wait, what? I don't think he's in this. He might be in like a, a footage that's on the TV. Is so that have, wait? Oh yeah, because they they're watching. Um, so they have to include him in the cast. I think that's just Google putting him. But what what's the movie? They Sleepless in Seattle. I think so. I think that's the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that the sound he's making the that's famous from Friday the Thirteenth. Um, Carrie's cable guy has returned recently in Verizon ads for the 2022 Super Bowl. Um, the voice of Sam Sweet in the 911 recording on MTV News is not Ben Stiller's voice, but Jim Carrey's, which I forgot to write this down, or maybe I didn't, but when we get there, nobody knows, so I'm just going to say it. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm just going to come out (laughs) and say it. Uh, there is a theory that there is a reason why... Jim Carrey had, uh, uh, Chip Douglas, whatever his real name is, we know... That's a fun fact that I didn't write down. Uh, we never find out Chip Douglas's real name. We never find out the cable guy's real name ever. 
just known as the cable guy. He's that's his actual alias, but like he goes by Chip Douglas through the movie, so I would call him Chip. As at least when I was watching it, all, all my notes say Chip or Jim Carrey. But um, <laughs> there's a theory that he because he was obsessed with TV, so he would have watched their the show that San, the Sweet Brothers were on. So there's a theory that he was a big fan, did cable service for him, and like stalked the brother, and he like said, uh, pretty much, you know, you keep you keep continue to stalk me, I will put an restraining order on something, and so he killed his brother because and and not Sam, um, because the theory is that um chip framed sam why don't they ever come out and just get like x it's just a theory this isn't something from the movie this is just a fan theory but it's like one that's like okay this kind of makes a little sense but it because it was jim carrey doing the voice they're thinking that chip imitate killed uh his brother blamed sam for it made sure to make it look like sam had done it to get revenge on Sam for not being his friend and res- and threatening to have like a restraining order or get him arrested and shit like that. And I was like, you know what? That puts like a whole new thing. But I guess this is also based off a book. But my research didn't tell me the book. Um, and I didn't honestly look too hard because I didn't really give a shit. But um, I guess in the book, like it's revealed that the sweet that he was defied guilty. But I like the idea that, like, Chip Douglas had this vendetta against him and, like, had this elaborate plan because, like, he seems kind of sketchy like that throughout the movie. He seems like a schizophrenic. He is a psych... Well, it it stems because one of the things they show us in his past is, like, his mom going out to try to find him a daddy, she says. I gotta go out to find you a new daddy. Or, 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 because he wants a baby brother. He says, you promised me you'd give me a baby brother. And she says... Now enjoy Mr. Babysitter and whatever, and it's him just parked in front of the TV, watching TV, and that's why he gets so obsessed with, like, do television. Think, do you think he would have made a better Joker than Riddler in the 90s? I think he would have been an interesting take on the Joker, especially if they let him be this kind of demented side. There is, like, there's a lot of reasons. Um, they cut out a lot of scenes. I don't know if I have this written down. I know I don't have it. Uh, well, now if you do a all right, 2023, okay? Yeah. You have, if you go the old Joker route, you have two people who could probably do it. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, for sure. William and Defoe. William Defoe as an older Joker would be so, like, even, like... You saw a glimpse of it in the Spider-Man. You know what? I would have been fine with a William Defoe being, like, Ben Affleck's Joker. Because that's based, Ben Affleck is a seasoned Batman, so like, why not have a seasoned and Joker have it who was after older? He killed Robin. I can just imagine the speeches. And he already plays like the Goblin talking to him in his yeah. head and everything. And when he takes over, you wake can... up, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, that sense of yours, that keen <laughs> sense. <laughs> Man, oh, just take make it happen. <laughs> Taking the punch from Spider-Man in the face and just laughing at him. <laughs> God, oh. I love William Defoe. He's the best, man. He is one of the best. <laughs> What's that line he tells him? All that power and not a... 
too young to grasp it or something like that and he slams all that power and too young to grasp it's or something like that and he like picks him up and slams him him through the floor (laughs) and not just one floor it goes through like three or four dude that's a good like that was like marvel's last great movie in my opinion i like that movie they, they, he 20, made that movie. Twenty-something-year-old is the flagship of Marvel right now. A twenty-seven. That he is the old. Oh it should be. Bennett is it Benedict? It should be Benedict Cumberbatch, but they fucked up Multiverse of Madness. I mean, it, you know we what? We saw so, that together. We I, sh- there should have been more multiverse in that. There should have been. It was too. We can't. I left that track. movie disappointed. I I did too. I was like, I was just like, eh. It was like they, I ordered a steak and I wanted thirteen ounce. I want no. I wanted a twenty-two ounce steak, which is probably it's the way biggest too fucking cute. steak you could probably. I'm gonna. I wanted a twenty-two ounce steak, but they gave me five. I want. I wanted to take it home. Take have it. leftovers, dude. But what's great though? Not, we're getting that. See, this is why I know we need the Marvel. We might have to do it sooner than later. I, w- I wanted it, Guy it, it, Fury it, to make my steak, and I ended up getting some guy off the street. Okay. <laughs> you know, oh. Guy Fury. <laughs> It's so good we're on spring break next week because we might really have to have the Marvel conversation. Anyway. Bring Joey into that. I know we'll have a long... Oh, for sure. Okay, so we're in the recasting now. So, this film was originally pitched to Columbia Pictures with Chris Farley as the lead. But a sudden control obligation to another film forced him to decline the role. From my research, that movie was Black Sheep. I think if Black Sheep is just like a weird imitation of Tommy Boy, but with politics. If he would have done this, I think this would have been such a better role. And like, I feel like Chris Farley would have made him more sympathetic. Cause like, put on the bus. Fine, good, good, great. (laughs) No yelling on the bus. Uh, (laughs) And that uh, that scene where he's like gripping the street, I think his head's gonna explode. I will run this bus on the cliff. I swear <laughs> to God. Um, but it, uh, but even so, like, do you remember that photo of him as the Joker? He could have taken this role really dark. But oh, I forgot to mention the thing I didn't write in the fun facts. There are scenes that Judd Apatow and I wish I would have wrote it down where he specifically wrote out scenes that showed a more violent nature of the Cable Guy. Than what we got because we saw like the very violent nature in the um, bathroom scene with Owen Wilson, but there were like scenes where he said like they had to cut it because the intensity in Jim Carrey's eyes felt way too real, and I was just like, how dark of a fucking person is Jim Carrey in real life? Like, is he either a good, like? good at what he does where he's just fucking psychotic i think there is a dark nature to him because like um that metal band that uh we see in the first ace ventura band or in the band movie is his favorite band in real life so he's into like some hardcore stuff which i'm not saying all like people listen to that music are psychopaths let me make that clear but but if you see you see him as this light natured i wouldn't see him as a guy who listens to that music like, I see Rob Zombie as a guy who listens to that music, not Jim Carrey. I know how you feel about Rob Zombie directing movies. Yeah, we won't get into that. <laughs> but anyway, um, this is the only ben, uh, film Ben Stiller has directed where he has not played a main character as well. 
He played the Sweet Brothers in this, but he did, however, originally plan to play the cable guy, but decided against film during filming. I think he would have been a good, better Matthew Broderick character. I think he would have, because, I mean, that's up his alley, like the, the weird straight guy, you know, the, oh, yeah, okay. Like, he plays off of, like, I think Robert De Niro is funnier in Meet the Parents than Ben Stiller is in Meet the Parents, but... His awkward, he has that awkward, like, like how Steve Martin's funny in Planes, Trades, and Automobiles, but the the true comedy is from John Candy, really. Yeah, I don't, but I, I'm not still, really a Steve Martin fan. Well, fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> it's okay, we all have our opinions. Last, Some are just, you know. The last movie I ever seen of Steve Martin, Cheaper by the Dozen. Well, you can't. First one. You can't base his whole career off those movies. I like that movie. But I mean, it's a good movie. Not the second one. Not the second one. Not the second one. The second one was subpar. It was subpar. Anyway, uh, here are some other people that were up for The Cable Guy at this time. Paul Giamatti, Phil Hartman, Adam Sandler, and Robin Williams were all considered, apparently. I think it would be good with Robin Williams, but it's hard to see. He can go dark. Watch Insomnia, One Hour Photo... Um, I don't. I'm, I don't see Adam Sandler getting dark. Dark. It's like a switch he did that you have to such do. a good job in Uncut Gems, but this was also 1997. Was I think around the time he was about to do Waterboy, so he was still in that very goofy character stage. He which, said he never really wanted to do serious films. <coughs> well, I don't think like. I think it would have been still a comedy in that aspect, but it would have been very different. He would have played this this movie very differently. And again, I don't. I, Adam Sandler never plays off to me as unlikable in a movie. So again, like somehow we'll get into it during the rewatch. Um, Every movie he does, he's got to be the center of attention. Yeah, I did come up with one person who would be an interesting take of like, let's say Ben Stiller was. Um, was Steve, or if Paul Giamatti was Steve. Because Paul Giamatti is also a good, serious actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I For Chip, I thought if we want to take like someone who can be like weirdly intense in a creepy way, but also have this... Because like, at the end of the day, there is a psychological aspect to Chip Douglas. Um, but with this, I was thinking Nicolas Cage. Come on. He's, you want to be caged. <laughs> you know, um, I haven't really liked the movie of his since Gone in 60 Seconds. What? Really? Not Face Off? Nope. Con Air? Uh, Gone in 60... Wait, you no, said that. National Treasure. I was about to say, National, National Treasure? National Treasure was all right. I love the National Treasure movies. They're trying to make Face a, Off, though? You don't like Face Off? They're trying to make a remake of that. They're, no, it's a continuation. But... How can you have National Treasure without him? Uh, uh, I don't know. Cause it's got, I really don't it's know. It's got, uh, what's her name in it? Charlie Theron. And then, uh, I saw a poster I with know, the... Justin, uh, Beeren, Beertho. I thought I saw a poster with, uh... The guy, the guy, the one... Tom Holland's girlfriend. Zendaya? Yeah. She's not in it. I saw a poster with her in it. No, that was another girl. Not Zendaya. <laughs> I promise you, it wasn't Zendaya. Um... But yeah, that's my pick. Like I, I guess if we look back then, it's hard to guess. 
if it's a horror thriller movie, mm-hmm. you know what you could also put in there? At the time, he was probably doing a movie called... What was that movie called? It's, it was directed by Bill Paxton. And, um... Fertility? Fertur- fertility? What about Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn? Ooh, because this would have been around the Psycho era. Vince Vaughn would have been an interesting cable guy. I like Vince Vaughn I like Vaughn his in that. tangents he so, goes on. That tan... Oh. <laughs> Let me tell you about these Sweet Brothers. Sweet Brothers, okay? Let me tell you. This guy, he's gonna fry. He's <laughs> gonna fry. We're gonna him make him fry. Him and Wilson have good chemistry. Well, this is like... There was an interesting, like, rat pack of comedians born with this movie. You got you got Ben Stiller with Owen Wilson, you know, and that would eventually become Ben Stiller Owen. Essentially this was the start of what would eventually become the Apatow guys. Like this was the first edition of the Apatow guys that would eventually turn into Seth Rogen, uh Jonah Hill and those guys. Um which but kind Vince of, we Vaughn, were literally just talking about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of Faded off, and now Jonah Hill's. Who's Jonah, Jonah Hill's still doing well. You got Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd was kind of categorized in those guys, but he he got lucky by going into Marvel and also just like being just known as the nicest guy ever. Apparently, um, this kid dresses up as someone else for Halloween, and he dresses as Weird Al, which is even <laughs> better. Um, but let's get into the rewatch because I, even though we've been talking about our feelings and of things and memories of this, uh, I did have some interesting things. Uh, we're flipping through channels, and some of the cha- shows are old and stuff, but one thing I couldn't help to notice is, like, we're getting, like, Maury and Jerry Springer and stuff, and 90s TV was insane. I, I remember, yeah. but, it, like, the the whole scene ends with, like, a uh, guy... Is that still a thing? What? Jerry Springer? I don't think so. If it is, it's reruns. I remember they tried the Steve Wilco show, but it's, like, ends with J- Jerry Springer, and it goes... It's, like, a very... what. A, a very attractive woman and a guy like on a massage table and she goes well I'm really a man and then like the crowd going oh and then it shows Matthew Broderick sitting there and I was just like wow they really did have that stuff on daytime TV like I remember watching that like I remember school was getting out and like my friends would be able to call me and shit about school when uh, Jerry Springer was coming on TV and stuff like that would you categorize Steve Carell in that too because a 40 year old virgin he is like, uh, he is like what Steve Martin is to SNL. He's like honorary because he's hosted so many times. Like he's honorary member, but I wouldn't categorize him because he kind of did. He did Forty Year Old Virgin. He made a small cameo, knocked up, and then he was out. Well, he did the other spinoff. Well, he did the Anchorman movies, but see, that's then, that is the second edition of the Apatow guys. And then guys. he did uh, what is that? Because okay. Ben Stiller and those guys, Owen Wilson, that's the first edition of Apatow Guys. Then we jump into um, the Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, Jason Segel, those guys, Paul Rudd, uh, Steve Carell, those guys. Jason Segel's underrated. Dude, he's a great actor, but anyway, that was the second edition. And then, like, came Jonah Hill, like, was able to progress with, like the younger group that he was getting together for like super bad and stuff like that but he did go kind of younger after a while but now like i don't know i feel like apatow doesn't he made the bubble that was something that came out no no it was like no that's bubble boy you're thinking of the bubble was like this weird netflix movie that had like his wife uh keegan michael peel art 
It's Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key, or Keegan Michael, Jordan Peele and what? What's his full name? I. Jordan Michael P. No, Jordan Michael Key. Uh, It's Keegan Peele. Yes, please. Thank you, God. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, let's get back into my rewatch. Um. So, um, we're meeting. We're watching it, and one other thing I couldn't help is when Chip Douglas comes in and he's late. He makes a comment about, like, the old owners of the place, and he says something about, like, I'm surprised they were able to clean everything up after what happened, and Matthew Broderick looks terrified. Right. I was right? Keegan-Michael Key. Keegan-Michael Key. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good. Anyway, um, but anyway, so, Chip says something like, I'm surprised they were able to clean it up after what happened, and, my, and Steven goes, oh, God, what happened? And I'm expecting to hear, I, I don't know why, I didn't remember this line, but I'm expecting to hear something about there was a murder in there. But then he just flat out just says, he looks at it very seriously and goes, they had a lot of cats. And I just fucking started cracking up laughing out loud. Like, I don't know why. I thought that was hilarious because I just imagined they had a lot of cats. And I just instantly my mind went everywhere because I have a cat and I know what a letterbox looks like. (laughs) And it is not fucking pretty. So I can only imagine the mess in there. Um, um, I put, is Chip really a good cable guy? Like Probably not. But, like, he knows TV well. But, like... I don't know, like, showing up super late, and then, like, he's instantly intrusive. Before, like, Steven shows him any kind of, like, friendship or wanting to know Chip, he gets really intrusive, like, so, you broke up with your lady, which is just, like, a weird breakup movie. That's one thing I noticed, is, like, wow, they really focus on the breakup a lot in this whole movie. Um... The twin storyline, played by Ben Stiller, is peak 90s celebrity gossip, like, O.J. Simpson trial shit. Um, Matthew Broderick, when he comes out of the uh, shower, he's wearing that Ohio State hoodie, that O.G. one, which is A+. But his whole acting in this movie, I put at a C- solid. Um, <laughs> it, it, this is funny because, like, he's really grateful that, like, Steven's like chit-chatting with him and he says you you'd people you'd be people you'd be surprised with how people treat me the people treat me like i'm a goddamn plumber or something and so it just made me realize that in chip douglas mind if you're a plumber you are below a cable man you are below which that the, pole. Well, which reality. i feel like a plumber is a little more like i'm not saying i am not docking anyone's profession but if important i'm sorry i gotta make sure my shit is going down the drain and i have hot water and plumbers make more money plumbers do make more money but it's just the fact that like i and i'm not ranking them they are both equally important jobs i need to watch my shows like i need to take a shit okay that's me okay i need to watch my you're movies. watching your shows while you're taking a shit exactly that's how we have this fucking <laughs> podcast right now man i watch these movies the morning of and guess what sometimes I'm that's the mornings shit. that's the mornings i getting a little personal here but anyway but like the fact that he ranks his job so highly, like, they treat me like I'm a goddamn plumber. It's like, what's wrong with being a plumber, man? Jesus. I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with being a cable man either. Or a lady. Or cable day. I don't know. I'm just trying to be fair here. Um, the boss's hair plants, which it becomes like a staple, like the transplant, hair transplants, are the most ridiculous fucking things that have ever existed, and I'm surprised it's ever actually existed. 
Um, Tony Robbins infomercials it took me back to a period that I forgot about infomercials like Tony Robbins. And I remembered the banana hands thing from Shallow Hal. Demons, come out! Um, <laughs> when uh, he shows up at the house, right? Hold on, I'm gonna cough. <coughs> God, that. Oh, God, I got a tickle. <laughs> oh, God, that came out of nowhere. Um, when Chip just shows up honking his horn. I wrote down, I don't even allow Cody to randomly stop by my house, let alone someone stopping by and just screaming my name outside my place. And it made me, that's where I was just like, oh, I really don't like Chip. He's intrusive. He makes me feel really uncomfortable. So that was like the peak of like, am I liking this role? Um, I'd, I would hang out on that satellite dish, though. Like, the water tower conversation we had earlier, I would totally hang out on a satellite dish, even though it would probably be giving me, you know, random waves of things that would probably affect my body in a negative way. Uh, <laughs> um, life lesson 101 in this scene. Reality isn't father knows best anymore. It's a kick in the face on a Saturday night with a steel-toe grip Kodiak work boot and a trip to the hospital, bloodied and bashed for reconstru reconstructive surgery. And I, when he said that, I was like, I'm writing that down because that is the fucking truth if I've ever heard anything about life. Getting kicked in the face with a Kodiak steel-toe grip boot. Grip Kodiak work boot. Um... Anyway, <laughs> him being so happy to be asked about his name should have been the very first clue that this guy was on the edge of breaking. And I would have, if I was Steven, I would have been like, you know what? I'm really busy and it's going to be a minute till we hang out. So you just stay for a while. Um, Leslie Mann, when she first pops up, I was like, wow. She hasn't aged a fucking day. She is still as beautiful back then as she was today. She looks the same as she did in... What is the movie? Big Daddy. Big Daddy. This yeah. is 40. Yeah, dude. She's she's a fucking goddess. She's beautiful. And she's underrated. Uh, and I think she, she should be... she was in with those three girls? Uh, the other woman? The other woman. She still looks the same. She's just... Anyway, um... The Sam Sweet, Scort, Sam Sweet Court stuff might be the best part of this movie I wrote down. Um, I wrote the basketball scene is how every basketball movie should be filmed. And all it is is like three minutes of, um, uh, Hey Man, Nice Shot being played in slow-mo with, with now, as we know, a CGI basketball. Which, again, I didn't notice. And he mimes basketball pretty decently. Like, I don't think I would have mimed playing basketball. And it might be sad to think, like, he's a better mimer of basketball. Dude, there's a fucking eyelash in my eye. And I I, I know you've been seeing me just, like, blinking the fuck picking out of my eye. Picking your eye, too. Yeah, picking my eye because I'm being attacked. Oh, God, we're, we're getting to those last few minutes here. So we're going to kick it into gear. Um... This movie is the extreme version of If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Um, every time I see Jack Black, I can't help but to think he should have played Chip Douglas. He would have been a great Chip Douglas, mm -hmm. especially if this was a horror film. Mm -hmm. I think he could go a little dark. When did Shallow How come out? Shallow How didn't come out until 2002, I believe. And then... But the good movie, the best movie, 2003, School of Rock. 
I love I, School of Rock. I don't think that's his best movie. I think, when I say that, I think it's the movie that defined who Jack Black was going to be uh, to the audience. <clears throat> what was the movie he was in with that other dude that they took that girl captive? Oh, Shallow How. No, it was on Shallow How. Yes, Shallow How. No, 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 sorry, sorry. Um, Saving Silverman. Yes, that was a... That's I mean, a guilty pleasure. Every time it comes on, I have to watch it. It's a guilty pleasure. Um, I didn't know that lead character played one of the monkeys in uh, Planet of the Apes. Steve Zahn? Yeah. Yeah, he's the one in, that, like, wears the hat and the the vest. He, Oh, dude, he did such a good job. and He's an underrated actor. Yes. He, he He's also really good in, uh, what was that show on HBO? I like I've watched a couple episodes of it. Um, I need to finish. My wife uh, White Lotus. It. Yeah, my wife watched. Yeah, it. I, it's really good from what I've seen. Isn't but... that the one where he gets hit on by the hotel clerk? I well, uh, Jennifer Coolidge. No, yeah. I might be thinking of something else. It. Well, I don't know. Yeah, she's the hotel. She's no, the hotel it was person. A guy who was a hotel clerk. Oh, uh, I, I, let me. I'm gonna rewatch the entire se- season because I need to watch season two because Aubrey Plaza's well, in that. Maybe she's in season two. She is. She's in both seasons. Well, he's in the hotel clerk. Might be in season two. Maybe he's the dude who runs the restaurant. Are they in Hawaii? They're in a resort. Yeah, that's it. Because Mike White wrote it, and he, funny enough, he is like writing partners with Jack Black in a lot of stuff, and he was in School of Rock. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he's the roommate. Anyway, um, yeah, we're coming. The medieval the times is the most rewatchable scene. And it's the one I still quote, as I said, like, with forever. Anytime I would get in fight scenes, <laughs> and like in real life, where I was just goofing around, I was. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> but, um. I also put a note of the Ben Stiller show because I, as we found out, like, all of the main cast actually pops up in this from, uh, throughout the movie. Um. If I came home to all that stereo equipment, I would have called the police right then and there. Like, dude, I, okay, we went to medieval times. He fucking, we jousted. He tried to get me with an axe. Like, he needs to fucking go. Um, Owen Wilson's date uh, character is, like, the worst possible date anyone could have. But the when he's walking to the bathroom and you hear, what's the story on the chicken? I, I, th- oh, God, it's so funny. Um... This movie is also why I don't trust bathroom attendees. But think about, okay, this is the scene, just like last week where we talked about the... Okay, that just lit out. Okay, we'll get there. Um, This is the scene where, like, this would have been a great horror movie scene. Of, like, him going after, like, the date for Steven and just, like, gutting him on the toilet and just leaving him there to just be fucking dead. And then they find out about it on the news. Like... That would have been some shit, and then, like, you find out, like, all the deaths that are happening are, like, people that have, like, been connected to Steven. Like, you could even have his boss get killed. That just brought up a good thing. But there was also supposed to be a scene. One of the scenes that I just re- remembered was um, in the in the parking lot scene after he gets fired because the hair plug uh, situation where it's that video is released that gets recorded about him making fun of his boss. They were supposed to reenact the Terminator scene where he's running after the car and he was supposed to like jump on and stuff. That would have been a great horror movie moment of but like if he would have killed that dude, that whole it would change the whole direction. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Because there ain't no, in the 90s, there ain't no way. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if this movie was like, The Cable Guy, instead of The Cable Guy, but The Cable Guy. Because there ain't no way getting away from the cops in the 90s. Bobby Newport. Especially Uh, now. Oh, no, no, no. But anyway, like, this goes into a realm of, like, in a world, this was going to be a horror film. That's why I think, like, Nicholas Cage, like, we could have had an unknown actor even, but, like, I just, I feel like even if we let Jim Carrey a little loose, like, but the thing is, audience wouldn't, the whole, actually, there is one scene. I think this movie would have done worse. As a horror film? Well, if Nicolas Cage was the lead. I I think more, I think Jack Black in that role, or even a a more aggressive, um, what's his name, Chris Farley, even in the role. Well, if Chris Farley was in the role, I think it would be a huge money grab. Paul Giamatti would have to play Steven. I feel like you would need a such a serious actor who could play scared and like a guy who can like is, is that, about to get killed who's or stalked. Who plays the pianist? The pianist, Adrian Brody. Ooh, that would have been interesting. It'd be serious. It would be serious, also, or like he would have been an interesting Chip Douglas. Put him in that role. Like that would have been. Has he ever done anything? Comedic. Dude, he's such a he is such a versatile. He did that splice movie, which was really weird. Um, but like, uh, he's a very like he did Predators, and he was like the Schwarzenegger in that movie. Weirdly enough, but he's not that buff. But I, 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 I can I don't I mind that movie. Seen him in much Prey later. though. That's the superior sequel. I I stand by Predator too. That's a guilty pleasure. Prey was for. really good though. Prey was excellent. I love Prey. That's the only reason why I have Hulu is so I know you I know can that watch guy Prey. Is actually, that tall. Yeah, dude. Well, and so in the well, in the first Predator, he's a basketball player. In the first Predator, that actor ended up passing away after, uh, like after that movie came out. Sadly, but like, yeah, that that the lead actor too was that huge. I looked up all of the uh, Predators, like scale. That Predator in there was an outcast, very low on the ranking. Oh yeah, because the Predator, the first Predator, we're, off topic, off, off topic, topic, off topic. Uh, <laughs> we got low time. Okay, uh, we're going to jump ahead, though. Um, there is a point in the movie, though, where I just stopped getting interested in it. Like, I, I, I remember loving this movie as a kid, but, like, it drags on a little bit, and the tone changes, especially when Steven gets arrested. Mm-hmm. Because then it's like, he is seriously fucking up this guy's life now, and it's, I I don't know, maybe it's because, like, that's a scary situation. Like, would could a could a cable man really get this far with just like installing your cable and that's, that's kind of a horror film in itself yeah and so like you could take this into a serious tone but um like the nightmare scene there's that nightmare scene where steven like is picturing running down a long hallway and him catching him that seems scary so this could have easily been a scary movie um I, I i there's that moment also where he's like in the the vent and the like spider crawls on his face and he doesn't even react he just continues talking but there's also a really creepy scene where he's watching Robin undress. And I was like, okay, no, there is like no redemption for him now. Cause that is some weird, like he's just going too far. Like I feel like him releasing that footage, that is like invasion of privacy. Like again, call the cops. Like I know he has cop friends and stuff in the movie cause that's who rests him. But I feel like there was coming, there was coming a point where I was like, okay, 
the believability of the situations that are happening to this poor man are just getting outrageous. But this is where I drew the fucking line in the movie. And it's a part where Jack Black finally figures out what is weird about Chip Douglas. And he calls him and he goes, My three sons, Chip and Ernie Douglas, are the sons, two of the sons on that show. But some of the names that he finds out, because he looks up names of uh, of past uh, cable men that were recently let go in the past like eight years or whatever, here are some of the names. Larry Tate, who was from Bewitch. The Big Ragu, also known as Carmine from Laverne and Shirley. Again, two very popular shows already. Maury Slaughter from the Mary Tyler Murray Show. Again, who's uh, also hiring someone named Murray Slaughter? But this is where I drew the line. When I heard George Jetson. George Jetson. When I heard George Jetson, and then the next name after that was even worse. Jean-Luc Bricard. <laughs> from the biggest series from the early 80, late 80s, early 90s. The Star Trek The Next Generation. Jean-Luc Picard. Everyone knew. Make it so. Jean-Luc Picard. Wasn't Dallas the biggest show in the 80s? Dallas was a huge show in the 80s, yes. But that's not the point here. <laughs> the point is, though, as like some gut buddy and a cable company heard the name George Jetson on an application or Jean-Luc Picard I, 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 and didn't raise a flag... The George Jetson was like 50s or 60s. But still, I know the that, Jetsons. Yeah, the I watched the Jetsons. I watched well, Boomerang. People nowadays wouldn't know. That's true. But, well, for instance, we told Owen we watched this. Owen's not on the podcast today. But he he's said he loved the movie. Yeah, he's doing his job while we're just sit- sitting here. Uh, but on that note... We had, a, we had a lot of problems today. But we took care of our shit and we got took care of this shit. And for that, I'm proud of us. We got through this. Um, my final thoughts, though. The reason why this movie is a guilty pleasure for me, because even though I think it's problematic today, it's still just, there are funny moments. I, I enjoy seeing these actors. I enjoy seeing Jim Carrey at his once peak. Um, yeah, he kind of... But I feel like he takes... The role, this was too dark of a comedy. Like, I don't mind dark comedies. I think that's the technical term I found out is dark comedies. Well, was he dark in Me, Myself, and Irene, too? Yeah, but it was played too comedic. Like, I rewatched that, and there are dark moments of that movie, but it's played way it's more kind comedic. Of like down. That's a problematic movie, but God, is it funny. It is so funny still. <laughs> but it's like a little bit, it's like tamed a little bit. Compared, it's not tame. Well, compared to uh, this. Compared to this, it's not... This one was so stalkerish, and he played it really well as stalkerish. So it was believable, so he yeah. was doing his job. The medieval... Actually, it's great that Jim Carrey made this, because he's the reason why there is a medieval time scene. Because he didn't realize that there's never been a, a scene filmed there in any movie. So he's like, we got it. I knew that was going to happen. I felt that. <laughs> Ew, God, God. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, man, uh, I, it was a little disappointing on the rewatch. Um, I put it more guilty than pleasure this time around, but it's still a guilty pleasure for me. I still find like, I, I was showing you, I showed you the medical time scene and the bathroom scene. Cause those were like my, I thought those were funny, but those were like the medieval time scene again, would have been a great horror film moment of like, 
uh, or a thriller moment like, oh god, this guy's gonna kill me, but it, there is but a lot of comedic pointed, tones. You even pointed out that Owen Wilson was trying so hard not to. Oh lie. yeah, because he, he, it's a funny scene still, because <laughs> like he's doing the like the whole like ape thing with the shampoo, and he's like puts your dunk in his head in the bat toilet, and then like making him suck on that blow dryer and stuff, and then the powder to the face is what I think broke him because he just takes that little fluffy powder thing and just smacks it right in the face with it and i think that's really what did speaking it speaking of Owen wilson i just watched another guilty pleasure drill bit taylor no. oh hall I, pass hall pass is a guilty pleasure movie yeah and that one dude in that every scene he's in he has to take a poo yes yes he does <laughs> all right everyone uh we got we got to get back to our normal jobs um uh, please share this with your friends. Maybe this could be our normal jobs, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, rate us five stars if you love us. You know, four stars is cool too, I guess. But, you know, five stars is that magic number. You know, it's called five guys and fries for a reason, folks. But, uh, as always, I'm Brian the Movie Guy, along with... Cody. Cody! And, uh, next week, are we gonna do Marvel? We gotta do it. So Takers is going to be pushed aside. Takers will okay. get pushed back. Okay, if you, we got to have the Marvel conversation. So we'll, we will be doing, you know what? We're going to do two episodes next week because I think that will be the best way to do it. We'll do Wednesday and Friday. Um, and we will do before the snap and after the snap because to make it the best, right. easiest if way to control this. Wednesday, Diego could be on I can't come here Wednesday, though. Well, I'm here Wednesday. Well, maybe I could do it phone. We might try the phone thing. Uh, well, no, we can record it here Sunday. Anyway, people don't need to hear this. Uh, but again, thank you for listening. Uh, like and subscribe. Follow us everywhere. Uh, In a world, films, what if podcast. We will see you next time. Thank you.